I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and this is The Last Best Thing. It's an interview show centered around one question. What is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? I ask this question because people love sharing whatever they're enthusiastic about, and I love hearing about it. In today's episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Esteban. Hey, I'm Esteban Grasman. Esteban is a pastor in Tijuana, Mexico, who also has a great podcast that you should listen to if you speak Spanish. It's called Conversaciones Descalzas. And he is overall a very enthusiastic guy. So when I asked him if he wanted to do this show and what was the last best thing, he answered that he wanted to do one of each. So that's how he answered the question. And I want to talk about every last best thing I've experienced. From there, the conversation took lots of turns. We talked about toilet books. We talked about binging shows versus watching week to week. We talked about the religion of Mexican food eating. We talked about really surprising appetizers. And we talked about musical performances, like the spirituality of them. It was a really interesting conversation. It's the longest one that I've had on this podcast, but I hope you enjoy it. I certainly did. So here's Esteban and I talking about the last best everything he's enjoyed. The last best thing you read was Basketball and Other Things by Shea Serrano. So why yes. did you like that book so much? Or what about it did you enjoy? Yeah, let's just start with that name, man. Shea Serrano. What a name. Is, <laughs> yeah. is that his is, is that his full name or is it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like a it's not an us it's not a pseudonym or anything. He's in, his name is Shea and his last name is Oh, Serrano. so it's not an abbreviation either. It's like Shea. Nope. Dude, that's yep. so so legendary. Now Shea <laughs> Serrano, man, he's got I think one of the best Twitter accounts out there. Um easily. It, it, Easily, it's it's just what I like. What I love about Shades, just the variety he brings, and mm -hmm. um, in in his tweets, and um, just he's he's like unapologetic. Um, yeah. he seems like a cool guy to like hang out with. You know, I'd like yeah. to hang out with that guy. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'd love to like, I don't know, maybe be on a trip with him and and or find him on an airplane and sit next to him. I think he's got a lot. A lot to talk about. Um, yeah. he's got some podcasts out there. I think right on. Um, yeah. He's, he's like a writer for The Ringer. Yeah. So he's been on a couple of rewatchables and Bill yeah. brings him on Bill Simmons podcast every now and then to talk about bad cable movies that he thinks are really the <laughs> <interesting. laughs> Yeah, it, 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 that's the beauty about Shay. He can make um, boring things interesting. And then he can mm -hmm. take really amazing things like basketball and then just bring it to a whole other level. So that, that's what yeah. I like about Shay and uh, it, it, just how he combines. And I think that he does that in, in across the board. He combines sports yeah. and pop culture. Yeah. Um, he's got a book on hip hop, but this book is on, on basketball. And it's just, it's, it's a combination between like a very nerdy guy watching basketball because <laughs> I mean, you can tell the, the, the dude knows the game you know he knows he yeah. knows the nuances of the game and he knows how to watch the game and and how to yeah. just like bring this whole other perspective uh and that's what i love about that you know the vision he has for the game it's it's like we can be yeah. watching the same game and and i talked i i noticed that about you too that we can be watching the same game and you'll notice little things and 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 yeah. just when somebody brings those things up it just like mm -hmm. kind of trains your eye to start looking at those little things going on and and this whole book uh, basketball and other things it's just it's just full of these little details and full of i mean it's it's just a bunch of lists and stats and yeah. then just imagination <laughs> going wild you know it's yeah just, it's, yeah that's what's really cool yeah, perfect so combination like, of basketball and pop culture. 
Yeah, it's a collection. If, if you're not familiar with the book, it's a collection of essays. And okay. for example, some of the titles are What Would Have Happened If Shaq and Hakeem Had Played That One-on-One -on -one Game? Yeah. Which was the most perfect duo in NBA history? Oh, man. Who is... Who is your memory hero, which is one of my favorite ones. And mm. then the other ones, he has like ones that go along longer where it's like a three-parter, which yes. is, for example, what was the moment before the moment? Um, and yeah. then what is the most disrespectful dunk? So all of those <laughs> are essays that just go into super, super detail, but also have a lot of references to pop culture and things yes. like that. But you can definitely tell this that that Shay's like a big nerd, and it's but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a nerd in a good way, and his references, which are like the index in the bottom of each page, is that like the number he he numbers these, uh, just these references in in the middle. Yeah, of, the footnotes. Of the footnotes, yeah, the footnotes are the best. You know, I, I just go, I I, <laughs> I can just read the footnotes. It's amazing. And um, I I don't know if this started like as as blog posts or something, but it kind of has that feel. Um, yeah. where, where it could have been like a blog and then he just made it into a book. Um, but you know, you know, it's just basketball is a great game. You know, one of the best games out there, the best sports out Absolutely. there. I mean, basketball is amazing and, and basketball has this hold on culture. Uh, yeah. probably like no other sport. Would you agree with that? I mean, yeah. it, it's just, there's no other sport that's so intertwined with pop culture. I mean, you see rappers yeah. at, at, at the all-star game and there's always celebrities yeah you know in 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 the bleachers or whatever and it's just it, it's mm -hmm. so it, it's he combines those two elements i think to perfection and um, like like for me um I, I i'm more into like leadership books and more heavy <laughs> like, like i'll read theology books and stuff like that right yeah <laughs> so so when you when you ask me, like, nice hey, what's the best, best thing you've read um I, I i was like okay this was fun that's that's how i can describe it you yeah know? It's just, that is true this this is a fun fun book and I, I picked some of my favorite chapters um, um one, one of the best ones i think hands down is what if nick anderson made one of those free throws oh. I, I don't know if you remember that but that's just this insane, so. insane insane <laughs> insane alternate universe where yeah. nick anderson buries at least one of those free throws in the magic that that was their 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 first and only time to the finals remember that yeah um, that, that's, I mean, that was a great with team. a young Shaq, a young Bro, Penny, Penny, um, Nick Anderson. I, was Horace Grant there? Seems Horace like Grant, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and they just had that vibe. They were like the new kids on the block. They were cool. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Penny was, I think, my favorite player till he got hurt. <laughs> you know, one of, yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was really he was, good. He was amazing. Yeah, I remember that. And they, his they shoes were, were awesome. Dude, his shoes, his commercials. With his shoes Little were really Penny, cool. Little Penny. Remember yeah, Little Penny? Little Penny. Was, <laughs> uh, dude, that was great. And um, mm -hmm. uh, they were in blue chips with Shaq in that movie. Remember that movie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it just, it, it was it was like the team. And I think it was a new franchise mm -hmm. also, you know, coming. Come yeah, in. they got super lucky. Or there's a conspiracy that it wasn't lucky that the NBA set it up for them to draft. Penny and then Shaq in back-to-back -back years, or I think it was yeah. the other way around. But yeah, it's just yeah. like that never happens for any team, and it happened for them, and then they're in the final. Wow. So there's a whole conspiracy theory, but, yeah, they got super lucky to get those two players in their first two drafts. Yeah, and they were like – I mean, I think I think Shaq was 22, 23, mm -hmm. and, and Penny was around that age. The whole core was like that age, you know. It's kind, it's kind of mm -hmm. what, what – it's kind of like the, the Lakers core – 
couple years ago when they were all young, but they all sucked. Yeah. But these were, these, yeah. were, <laughs> these were all young, but they were all rocking. And, um, and, yeah. and so they get to their, to, they get to the finals first time they ever get to the finals, obviously. And it's got, mm-hmm. you've got these young new kids on the block and, um, they're, they're in the finals. It's against the Rockets, right? Am I right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. So, so it, was, it was that duo with um, Shaq and Hakeem and, um, you know, the old vet and, and the rookie, the newcomer. So you got all these little things in, 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 in thrown into the picture. And that's what Shay does in this book. He just he just like points out all the all the drama behind the game and all the little elements. Yeah. And and, um, and, and that, that's a horrible uh, th- those last seconds of that first game. Is just you can see the meltdown of Nick Anderson where he misses. What is it? Four mm. free throws in a row. Yeah, 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 which, and he's just which would have sealed the game, right? <laughs> yep, that was devastated. <laughs> it, it, was, it was, it's just bad. It's insane. You can see the look on his face when he's gonna throw, when he's gonna at that last free throw. He just needed to make one, you know, to mm-hmm. to be up by four with not enough time, and um, they would have sealed the deal. But he, he he misses all four, and then rockets come back and hit a three pointer go to time to lose the game uh so and and then eventually i mean they get swept you know but yeah. the whole idea of that chapter is what if they 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 win that first game you know and the, that 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 puts them in a huge percentage uh whoever wins the first game out of the best out of seven series ends up winning the whole series 85% of the time. So it just puts them, it would have given them this momentum, you know, it would have, it, it would have changed the whole, the whole way around it, you know? And, um, yeah. obviously if, if they win that game, Shaq doesn't leave to LA and then just yeah. Shay goes on this whole rant of how, <laughs> of how the whole landscape of the NBA yeah. would have changed the whole, the, the, from 2000 to 2010, um, you know, that, that, that whole decade would have changed. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think he even gets into the point of like we would have had a Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. Yes. It's just like that yes. would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. Um, yeah. just, just, to, just you know, just to to dream about that. And he, he talks about the whole lockout because that happens during that during that period, and mm-hmm. um, just all of the nuances that would have happened. But it, it's just, you can see that. I mean, I I don't know. This must have been a a drinky night with buddies, and they're just you know talking about what <laughs> what, what the heck would have happened. And yeah. um, you can tell it's something like that. They just he just goes to the extreme of that idea. Um, so yeah. I, I really enjoy that chapter. I was so I was reading this chapter, and um, and and I, just, I took a picture of a part of it, and I sent it to two of my buddies, and I was like, "You guys got to read this book." <laughs> it was just a para- yeah. paragraph that I sent, and they they bought the book immediately on Amazon, and they're like, "Good call, yeah. on the book." Uh, yeah, so it's a really let, good book. It's really, let me just read this last part of it. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so what's the tally? You know. This is the question. Hold on a second. You're telling me that if Nick Anderson had made one of those four free throws, we would have all ended up seeing Patrick Ewing's private parts. That's what you're telling me. That's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> so you just got to that, – that's, if that's not intriguing enough, man, I don't know, don't know <laughs> what is. But it's just – yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those amazing – uh, chapter. I just really enjoyed that. I've read that chapter so many times. So that's a great chapter yeah. in there. Um, the whole, what, what's the most, so that, he's got crazy ones like that, but then he's got like honestly important ones. Um, I mean, in the, in the sphere of basketball, like what's yeah. the most, <laughs> in, yeah, I mean, we're talking about basketball, but Hey, it's a huge yeah. part of our lives. So like, Absolutely. What's the most, I miss it so much right now, dude, man, it's, ins- I, I've been watching, I've been going back 
And I mean, NBA has been putting up uh, full games. Have you seen that on yeah. YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, so I saw I, I saw Game Six, 2013 NBA Finals, Spurs Heat. Mm. Saw that game. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Dude, Ray Allen the shot. You know, it was <laughs> yep. such a good game. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I've seen that. I saw um, I saw Shaq when he scored 60, and uh, I think he was 62 points and 23 rebounds. Just Shaq in full domination mode. Yeah. Um, was it against the Clippers? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you hear the story of, of why he was so angry? No, he I mean, asked it was his birthday. For, he, it, was, it was his birthday. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, it was his birthday, and he asked for like extra passes to bring his family or friends or something like that, and they said no. So he got no super way. angry, and he lit him up for like 60. <laughs> I didn't know if they would have just let him bring his friends, he would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, love Shaq, man. That that that, yeah. that game just goes to show best center ever. And yeah, I, so yeah, I've been watching all these games, man. It's just it's just amazing. I, I saw you know just tribute to Kobe. Um, oh, I yeah. saw his eighty-one point game, and um, yeah, so I've been missing basketball. But he so he has yeah. important chapters. Um, in the sphere of basketball, he, he does that, that whole chapter on the most important NBA championship. And, oh. um, I, I don't know. I, I just like, I, I just like to, uh, I just like to write, read people who think in another perspective, you know, um, yeah, just look at them, but yeah, but that, that's what Shay does, man. The moment before the moment's amazing. I've been going yeah. back on YouTube, just watching those moments that he describes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite one in the moment before the moment is the one, so the moment is the Michael Jordan shrug, right? So he yes. makes that three, and then he's running back, and he shrugs. But right before, Clyde Drexler missed, a, a, like, a wide-open three. Yes. And there's this whole thing where Clyde and Michael were, like, always kind of seen as rivals. They had just published an article where they had Clyde Drexler and Michael Jordan on the cover yeah. saying, like, is he the, number, who's the best in the league? Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And my, and and Michael has that psycho winner-take-all <laughs> mentality, and he just <laughs> demolishes Clyde in that game. Oh, man, so it's I just love like, that. I it's love perfect that, so that he shrugs right after this dude misses, right? It's just, <laughs> uh, when you have that concept, it makes you appreciate Michael so much more. That that's the deal of this book. It gives you it gives you those little things. It gives you those little elements. I think my my favorite one. And I went back to watch it on YouTube because you can find you can find anything, man. I'm just I'm so excited. Yeah, that you the, can just... the NBA is so good at leaving stuff up. They're not like the NFL or baseball or something like that. Right? They're cool. I mean, you can find like literally anything. Um, and I, I, which one was it? I think it was uh, Suns Bulls. Um, NBA Finals, I oh, think it I was. Think that was ninety three, yeah, ninety three, ninety four. That, that, like that was the first three peat of, of MJ, the first three peat, mm-hmm. and um, and and I, I, dude, I remember watching that game on TV. So I mean, <laughs> when I was, dude, I think I was like ten or eleven or something. I remember yeah. watching that game, and I hated Michael. I I was a really? Michael hater. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you were. <laughs> I don't know if you were alive. <laughs> No, yeah, I remember that too. My mom really, really liked Charles Barkley. <laughs> yeah. And I really liked the Suns uniform, but I was always uh, Michael Jordan. I, You know, I really liked Scottie Pippen because I don't know how I got it in my head that Scottie Pippen was Mexican because, <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't look black. I always thought he was Mexican, so I really, really liked Scottie Pippen. I, I liked Scottie more than I liked Michael at that time, so that, that's why I was a Bulls guy. Dude, what would Scotty be in Spanish though? Um, 
No sé. Scotty. Scotty. And I thought yeah. Pippen was like Pepe. You know what I mean? Okay, yes, yes, yes. And he just looked, me- to me, he just looked Mexican. Yeah. But that, 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 I mean, those, those are great games. And then you have Suns, yeah. I think, what is it? Suns, Spurs. Um, also yeah. in the, in the, in the, in the, I think it was in that, in the same playoffs. In that era. Yeah. Yeah, man. When Barkley was amazing, man. And, um, so yeah, he just has these little moments how, the, the huge shot before and then but the whole the whole thing of the moment before the moment is just amazing it's, it's a great yeah. book man i i totally enjoyed the the whole it thing. really is yeah, yeah. especially now awesome. you know which you know which other chapter i don't know if you read it or if you liked it it's the one that's is kobe bryant a dork mm, a nerd yeah a dork, yeah, so a dork. that's his language yeah yeah there's one, there's a, because there, so this book has like a bunch of charts and graphs and little illustrations yeah. throughout, but there's one that I always point out to people and it says, who was the best player in the league each, each year Kobe was in the NBA? And he pretty much just says that Kobe wasn't the best player ever, Yeah, yeah I hate like that. while he yeah. was playing. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'm like, the one thing that I hate is that he never gives Dirk credit on this list. <laughs> He's always just like a maybe. <laughs> He's like, 2005, Kevin Garnett was the best. Maybe Dirk. 2011, <laughs> maybe, Dirk. maybe Dirk. It's just like, oh, yeah. It's just because Dirk would always beat the Spurs. or It was always, Dirk would never go easy on the Spurs. So he's yeah, a big Spurs yeah. guy. So he just never gives them credit. Yeah, that's what I like, too. Like, he's he's he's, he's biased. That's his team. Spurs mm-hmm. are his team. And, yeah. um, and, and you can see that. And which book, fan isn't biased, right? Right, right. Come on. Yeah. So, like, so like, I hate Co- the idea. Kobe's my like, favorite player. All time, so so I hate that chapter. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good chapter though, and it's a really good book, especially right now with there when there is no basketball. It's very very good, and his Twitter account is very good. It's at Shea Serrano S H E A, and his photo is a picture of I think Miklo from Blood In Blood Out, <laughs> which, yes. is, which is a very good movie. It, it it always cracks me up when he gets like a wave of new followers, and somebody will ask. Is that you in the picture? And he'll say something like, "No, it's my uncle or it's my cousin." Or something like that. Yeah, man, Shea, such a legend. Yeah. I love that guy. It's a it's a great book. So yeah, man, that's that's the last best thing I've read. Um, I, I I think it would fall more under the category of I most enjoyed recently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've so enjoyed it. It's one of those books you go back to. And I, like I, I, was, I was thinking about this. I don't know if this book works ten years ago. You know. Mm. Um, yeah, if 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 I, I mean I don't know if it would it would it would work that well, but it, it's just it's just now with 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 social media and all the the easy access to 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 stuff like this and and the references and all that, I, I think I think it's it's illustrated beautifully. Um, it has these these crazy drawings which are amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and that whole chapter: if 1997 Carl Malone and a bear swapped places for a season. Who would be more successful? Yeah, it's just need I say more, man. It's just it's... yeah. And there is a drawing there in that chapter, if I remember correctly. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, it's it's great. It's got it's got Carl in the woods, and um, yeah, yeah you, you, you got to check it out. It's a great book. Great book. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's one of the books that I keep going back to. It's uh-huh. it's one of my toilet reads. You know, sometimes when you gotta yes. go in the toilet and you want to get be there a while, just take that book with you. Bro, that's genius. I hadn't thought of that. You always take there your you phone, go, but that's a great book to take. That's a great yeah, yeah. book. 
I ha- honestly, <laughs> I haven't read any. I think Shay has another one on hip hop, something like that, but haven't read anything yeah. else. But that he has the rap amazing. yearbook, and then That's he has it. one on movies. On one of okay. the movies that just came out. It's movies and other things also. I haven't oh. read that one, okay. but it should be pretty good. No, so that's amazing. That, so that's the last book you enjoyed the most. So you also want to talk about the last uh, thing you enjoyed the most that you watched that you saw, right? Like a TV show? And what show is that and why? Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I've been enjoying this show for a while. And um, Quarantine makes it. Uh, or what do you call it? Sheltering? <laughs> what was your shelter definition? in place. <laughs> oh, shelter in place. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm, I live on the border. I live in San Diego. Live on the border with Tijuana. But my, my life is yeah. in both sides of the. I mean, in Mexico as much as in the states. Um, yeah. Uh, without, I mean, in other times, I, I usually cross the border every day. So this is mm-hmm. a special situation and opens up more time, more space. And I've been enjoying a bunch of shows. So I was debating about which one. Uh, yeah. But I landed on. I think what I've been enjoying so much recently has been Better Call Saul. Ooh, better call Saul. Yes. So better call Saul started was, uh, it's in season five as we speak. Yeah. Um, at, at the moment of this recording, it's in season five and the official summary for better call Saul is this, the trials and tribulations of criminal lawyer, Jimmy McGill in the time before he established his strip mall law office in Albuquerque, New Mexico, man, you gotta be intrigued right there. Yeah. Um, so Better Call Saul, it's it's the spinoff, right? It's a spinoff from yeah. Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. um, Breaking Bad is, you know, it's it's one of my top three favorite shows of all time, um, easily. I think Breaking Bad's on, on, on the number one show on a bunch of lists, official lists. Whoever yeah. makes these lists, uh, yeah, like IMDb and Metacritic yes. and all those sites. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's amazing. Were you a big fan of Breaking Bad or? I was, I liked it. I'm not as big a fan as other people. Like, people say it's the best show ever. I don't think it's the best show ever. Okay. I actually enjoyed Mad Men a little more, which I it was like they were, they came out at the same time and they were on the same network. So they were kind of like competed against each other. Yeah. But I, I can see that Breaking Bad is really good. But if I'm being honest, I enjoy Better Call Saul way more than Breaking Bad. Dude, I, so I've heard that said so much. And um, th- th- that that just goes. I mean, th- that that just proves how amazing this show is. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> Breaking Bad, I, I I'll put it in my top three um, of all mm-hmm. time, and I'll put Saul Saul Goodman, the character in Breaking Bad, um, also in my top three favorite characters of Breaking Bad. You know, um, so yeah. he, he, he's right up there. And I, I love the yeah. intro. I love the intro to Saul in in, in Breaking Bad. Oh. Um. Where um, Jesse and um, Heisenberg, <laughs> Walter White, uh, th- <laughs> yeah. they're getting in some legal trouble, and um, yeah. so they need a lawyer. And I love, I love what Jesse uh, says to to Mr. White. He says, "When you're in the meth business, you don't need a criminal lawyer. You need a criminal <laughs> lawyer." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. You need a criminal lawyer. Uh, so, yeah. so it's, it, it it just paints the picture perfectly. Uh, but I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, if you're coming off like the the, the end, or if you're if you're breaking off of Breaking Bad, if you're coming on after that, you really got, in in a way, you got nothing to lose, and in a way, you got everything to lose. Mm. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a prequel. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, not not too many prequels work out, right? Yeah. And I mean, because with prequels, the thing is, 
we we know the way it's going to turn out you know yeah we already know where it ends up <laughs> yeah so we know where it ends up so there's no there's I mean, there's no plot twist. There's no cliffhangers. I mean, you, you know where it's going to end up. And yeah. um, and then, I mean, in the shadow of Breaking Bad, it being amazing. And it, it just wasn't amazing. It's got a huge fan base. I mean, it's got a, it's, it's like it's a cult following. It's just it's an yeah. amazing show. But, um, yeah. man, just just the creator, Vince Gilligan, is dude, that guy's a master storyteller. He really I mean, is. <laughs> Dude, I mean, just just the visuals, the casting, the script, the little details, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, I'm especially fond of it because it's got a lot of Mexican influence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, oh. And then like, I, I don't know, Albuquerque reminds me so much of El, of El Paso, which is where yes. like I grew up. There's a mm-hmm. lot of visuals and things like that where I'm like, oh, that could be El Paso. <laughs> so it brings me closer to it. I was like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and he, I mean, he really. I, I, so I, I I lived in Mexico what 20 plus mm-hmm. years of my life and yeah. he really i mean i don't know how to they, 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 i don't know if he's i don't know if the writers whoever spend a lot of time in mexico but they really get it you know yeah. like 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 they get the nuances they get they get the details of it and um i i felt the same way about um that movie sicario yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or sicario they, they just present mexico in a way that's like yeah they know what they're talking about uh, like mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, there it's Mexico's portrayed in a certain way that it's like, okay, you, you don't understand it. You haven't, you haven't been there enough time yeah. to get it, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. but this guy, yeah, I mean, no I, one needs, no one needs chimichangas in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Fajitas. You know, come on. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, you, you, so you, you, you just, you, so I, I don't know if I'm biased because of that, you know? So my Mexican, yeah. my Mexican heritage, uh, yeah. but it's got it's got all the influence in it. Um, they have a they have a lot of the dialogue in Spanish, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, that is true. But just better call Saul. It's just a great all round show. And I mean, I, I don't I don't know how they do it, but you end up rooting for a sleazy lawyer. You know, it's just master. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about it is the main character Saul is played by um, like the actor I forgot his name. A comedian bob odenkirk bob odenkirk is so good he's so endearing and disarming and when he is like defeated you feel bad when he's happy you you feel happy with him when he's trying you're like oh come on salt like jimmy get it together (laughs) or when they're mean to him you're like how dare they do this to jimmy (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're rooting for the who roots for the lawyer you know (laughs) Yeah, for the lawyer from American Samoa University, like an online law degree. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. Uh, this yeah. guy's amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it just does that. You find yourself rooting for him. And um, so yeah, I just have been enjoying the whole, I mean, just the whole way they're telling the story. And I mean, yeah. we're five seasons in. I know it's it's scheduled for a sixth season. So, I mean, yeah. I, I was like, when it first started, I was like, okay, how long can they drag this out? But mm. like right now, it's like you don't want it to end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they also give you snippets because it is a prequel. But mm-hmm. they give you snippets of what happened to Saul or Jimmy after Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. So they give you like little clips that probably last no more than two minutes. But they're kind of advancing that story as well. And you're like, at some yes. point, they have to show me what happens afterwards. Right. Or I keep yeah, waiting yeah. for like for like him to have an in, uh, an interaction with like Walter before Walter even oh. got sick or anything like that so it's oh. it that's the one thing that they're doing really well it's just yeah and, and the way creating they, they, enough the space. way yeah the way they've introduced 
the characters uh, you got to know in Breaking Bad. I think they did that really well. Um, yeah. they, they just introduced, I mean, even from the onset, you know, I mean, spoilers, but they, they introduced Tuco, uh, like in, in yeah. season one. And then they just, you know, you, then you get Pollos Hermanos and, mm-hmm. um, you get all, all, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Um, Mike, Mike has the coolest Mike, scene on this show. Oh man. Mike is so th- that, 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 that's my thing. I, so, so one of the questions, uh, I'm trying to figure out with, uh, with Jimmy McGill, who later becomes well, Jimmy slash Saul, um, you think okay, this guy is just about the money, yeah. And and in Bear Call Saul, we see this whole other. Um, I mean, you see what they're doing is they're just developing the character like so amazingly, yeah. and um, yeah, and but but it's like his motivation as of right season five will wrap. Like man, I, I, it doesn't look like it's just money. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, does... he cares for his brother. He mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he wants to have a relationship with with Kim, which is like another lawyer. He seems like a genuine guy. He takes the case of like helping the old people, which isn't really lucrative, but it's something that nobody else wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like he's he's fighting for the little guy, and um, yeah. So it's like his motivation doesn't seem really money based. Um, like all of i think he has this really um twisted not maybe not twisted but just this really creative uh way of looking at the law and and yeah. just trying to use the he, he wants to use the law to break the law you know so i, I think that, that's <laughs> huge motivation for him you know just just to yeah. prove that he can do it i think i think a lot yeah. of a lot of the, the the whole development and all the interactions with his brother and all that he's always out to prove it you know and um, mm. just taking that to the extreme, and he's like finding his way till he finds like his groove and his zone, and, yeah, uh, where he flourishes. But j- just to see the transformation from Jimmy McGill to Saul Goodman, um, yeah. oh man, I, th- that, that those are one of the, the those parts where it's like, ah, like you don't want to lose this character because you know <laughs> yeah. what he becomes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I don't know, man. It's just um, and see great. that's that's. That to me is the biggest difference between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, where in Breaking Bad, it's supposed to be this tragic thing that happens to this brilliant man who's a family man, a teacher, and he finds himself being a drug lord, right? A bad person. And you're at the end, people are like cheering for that, right? And here. Yeah, yeah. Here he the same thing like he's gonna become this sleazy lawyer he's kind of becoming that already but you don't want that to happen <laughs> uh huh yeah you don't want that I mean so, something happened with me with Breaking Bad is like yeah you're yeah I was for, uh, for I think most of the most of the series I think that's only five seasons but yeah. so, so for most of the series yeah you're rooting for Walter but there comes a point where I wasn't. I was like, screw that yeah. guy, you know? I got to that <laughs> yeah. point. Jesse, you got to get out. <laughs> yes, Jesse, get out. <laughs> Think of your future, Jesse. And it's, it, it, so I, 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 I don't know if that was the intention, but I wasn't, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't cheering for him at the end. I wasn't rooting for him towards the end there. When it was just all yeah. falling apart, it was like, oh. So my favorite character from Breaking Bad is Hank. Hank you Schrader? Know? Hank Schrader, man. Yeah, but so for that guy, I'm cheering the whole way 
and um, for Walter it changes, but with Better Call Saul, they 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 have you. Yeah, I man, it's like and and Bob's amazing. He was born for this role, you know. Yeah, it just yeah. looks like it. He's just he just takes it to the extreme. And, yeah, it's just he's amazing. I love it. It's a it's a it's a great show. Yeah, it's a really good show. It's on Netflix. If like the the latest season isn't on Netflix, but it's all there. It's really good. Check it out. Um, because it's, you know what's it's, weird? I, I think it's the best show. What? Yeah, you know what's weird? It's in Netflix Mexico for some reason. Oh, really? All, the yeah, new like, ones? The new ones. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, dude, when I cross the border, I download, like, the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's really, it's, I don't know why, why it's set up like that, but it has yeah. a huge band, fan base in Mexico. Um, yeah. So it's it, it, it's a brilliant show, man. And, I mean, just, just the, the, the visuals and you can tell – it's one of those things where you can tell that people are enjoying doing it, you know, mm. producing it. It's like, it's like when you yeah. watch a basketball player who's enjoying playing the game. It's, it's kind of one of those Luka shows. Luka Doncic? <laughs> it's, it's the Luka Doncic of uh, TV? There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's an endorsement. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah I definitely. Did you, did you happen to watch the Spanish remake of Breaking Bad? That I think Univision did, where it was like a or Telemundo, it was like a shot for shot remake, and in Spanish, it was called I, Metastasis. I think that was wasn't that like Colombian or something, or was that Mexico? I I think I it was I thought it was it was on Univision or Telemundo, and it might have been Colombian. Yeah, I think but it, was it Colombian. aired in the U.S. on that, and I tried to watch it, and I was like, oh, this feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> where, where 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 you can tell at certain points they just don't have like. 10% of the budget and they just do yeah. a whole other, yeah, whole other ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it, it wasn't good. It's just like, ah, oh, man. So it's not even that close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> not yeah. better call no, Saul, but... man. It, it's amazing. It, so, so this mm -hmm. is not a network. It's only Netflix. Is that what you're it's saying? It's on, no, it's on AMC, but you can find okay. all the previous seasons on Netflix. So if you haven't seen any of it. Go on Netflix, watch it. It's really, really good. Oh, okay. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's worth a binge. That's worth a binge watch right now. And Yeah, um, definitely. And, and I, I like to enjoy it like this, um, I, I, where, where you're only getting one episode a week. I mean, binge is all right, mm. but... Yeah, in this like in the current season, if if you're on top of it, that's how I watch Breaking... Uh, last season of Breaking Bad, that's how I watch it. I watch it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just, it's just it just adds a lot more to it, you know. It's just like you, oh, you yeah. can digest each episode. Mm -hmm. You can go to Reddit and and, and yep. read theories and stuff like that, you know. So it's just yeah. I don't know. It's, it's more engaging this way for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing that I really like about HBO shows because they come out every Sunday, and then you have a whole week to watch the next one. Yes. Like Watchmen. Watchmen recently was like that. Succession yes. before that. Well, you just Succession ingest it in one week and you're just yeah. thinking about it for the rest of the week and it's the it's the best way to watch tv i really i really don't like binging even if it's all there the most yeah. i can watch is probably like two hour long episodes at a time at most and then yeah, i'm like i yeah, gotta take yeah. a break definitely 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 so yeah so i, I was gonna choose succession because that was amazing too yeah, um, that but, was really but, good oh my god and i'm watching westworld right now too which is every sunday which is amazing um, yeah. to watch it that way so yeah so I, I think that that experience you can't beat that experience no that's the best and that's something that i really miss about the uh, the non-netflix 
time you know what i mean because the only yeah. way you could yeah. watch things was if you sat down to watch it and it was kind of communal and you would go online right afterwards and yeah. but in the new internet i really like watching live things on twitter like if you're on mm. twitter and watching succession or watchmen or whatever and you follow those hashtags it's yes. like the best experience but honestly the best True. live watch like other than sports because sports are also amazing to live watch mm -hmm. the best live watch on twitter is the bachelor <laughs> if you like Ale and I watch Please The Bachelor that. or The Bachelorette <laughs> yeah. and they have so many commercial breaks and the shows are just so ridiculous and melodramatic and over the top and then during every commercial break you just go on Twitter and there's just all of the fans of the show just roasting them and immediately <laughs> making gifts and immediately like pointing out how ridiculous everything was oh, it's, it's the best experience oh, it makes the that. show like The show in and of itself is garbage, but it's good garbage. It's like eating um, like ice cream and chips at the same time. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, it, like it has no good calories. Yeah, it has no good <laughs> calories, but it feels good. And then when you go on Twitter, it just makes it even better. So, yeah, yes, big fan really. of watching things as they air and then going on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So right, right now, I mean, it's it's. It, you could binge all four and then watch season five, Better Call Saul. Get in on that. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. And then, Esteban, you also wanted to talk about the last best thing you've heard, right? Or the last song or musical performance you enjoyed the most? Yeah, that I've listened so to. So what yeah. was that? Um, so I, I, I got late on, on the train of this. Um, I got late late on the on the wave of Mac Miller. <laughs> um, <laughs> really late. <laughs> um, but I saw this performance on... So NPR has... The Tiny Desk concerts. Have you seen yeah. those? Yeah, yeah, um, they're awesome. Oh man, yeah, they're, they're so unique, they're so intimate. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's literally at a desk, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's literally as, as the name yeah. says, Tiny Desk. <laughs> a, and I think it's the music editor or something like that. Like it's it's mm. somebody who works on all songs considered. It's like the main guy. That's his or her oh, wow. desk. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's intimate. Um, so here's the deal of, of that's the setting right it's not mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of space for instruments so but so you got you, you got to be very creative and that's what you see in every one of these uh, presentations that npr puts yeah. out on tiny de tiny desk and um mac miller he he now this this came out dude this came out I think August 2018. So, like I said, uh, and I, I just I I did listen to it recently, but I've just been going back to it so much that mm, when I thought about yeah. the last best thing, I'm like, yeah, this this is it at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just this intimate setting. Um, so not not a lot of space for instruments, so a lot of space for creativity, and um, yeah. and you can just see Mac, whose name is Malcolm James McCormick. <laughs> which is awesome <laughs> yeah, and um, really. he landed on Mac like a Miller. civil war general <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> malcolm james he's mccormick he, he's got a muck in there uh and he lands on mac miller and um i mean you can tell as soon as it starts the dude is as high as you can get you know i mean he's just <laughs> he, he's, he's he's just in it but yeah. his his trip doesn't make you feel disconnected you know which a lot of a lot of performers that happens but he, he doesn't seem disconnected right. I, i think it makes him i think it makes him like more real just raw right. um and he's i mean I, he, he was 26 years old uh just like coming into his own you know and and mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, we, we use the word genius a lot, but this guy, this guy was brilliant. I mean, he was amazing. Um, just how he combined yeah. a lot of different, uh, just, just the way you combine lyrics and grooves and, and rhythms and whatever. It was just, it's just brilliant. And yeah, so, his so, flow is so oh. good. It's, it's so effortless and just kind of smooth. And all of this, all of these performances in that concert have like some of the best bass playing, which is like my, other than drums, bass is my favorite instrument to listen to. And the bass yeah. players on that set are just insanely oh good. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I know you like to groove, like when you play drums. <laughs> yeah. When you play drums, that, that's how you like to describe it, the groove, right? And yeah, you yeah, can yeah. totally feel that. Um, so he, he's got a piano loop, small drum set, guitar, bass, and th then they have a string quartet come into the last song. But mm. it, it's just, I mean, just with that bass, they, they, they kill it. I mean, it's just simple, basic. Um, his voice just flows with the whole with the whole performance great rhythms great group they only have three songs yeah. in this set right it's only three songs yeah usually um, they, they only do like three or like five yeah. songs at most or something like that yeah yeah so but it, this, this one feels like it feels like one long groove um uh -huh. so it's 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 one of those things that's great to watch because you can find it on youtube um but yeah. but also i think i think i think npr puts this out on a podcast format so so you can listen to it also uh, just listen to it in headphones. Um, so it's great to watch, and it's great. It's great as background music, also. You know, mm. it's one of those uh, which I really <laughs> yeah. like, and it, uh, uh, it passes the car test, which is a term Metallica <laughs> uses, which I love that term. If if, if you want to know if a song's good, play it in your car and drive, and yeah. it passes the car test. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just a great set, man. Um, at the end, they bring in you know towards the last song. He, it's when he brings in the string quartet. He's two violins and a cello. That's it. And oh. um, and I think they, he says right there, like they they play the song like the first time they played the song together with with those instruments was 20 minutes before the set. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> wow. it's, so it's one of those. And, and it, yeah, it's just it, for that moment, right? Just for that moment. It's it's the song 2009 yeah. that he plays there and. I don't know, man. It's just it's just captivating. Really enjoy it. Go back to it. It's like a fifteen minute listen. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's so I, I don't know. I don't know when they record these and how they launch them. Do you know if it's like really close to the? Is it is it in real time or? Because I was, think it's pretty close to real time. Like it's like okay. Because I follow a couple of NPR editors on on Instagram, so yeah, whenever yeah, yeah. they have someone coming to the office, that's like crazy famous you'll like okay. see them pop up on their stories and they're kind of like all gathered around the uh, that cubicle area trying to take videos and stuff like that and then shortly thereafter they release them so i think it's pretty near maybe like within a week or two weeks of when they actually perform which is oh, okay. pretty crazy yeah that's it's insane i mean but so, so what, what's cool about that um is this was released august 2018 and mm. um Mac ODs in September 2018. Yeah. So it's like, it, it seems like Nirvana's unplugged. Um, mm. You know, kind of that came out months before Cobain took his own life. Yeah. Or not, yeah. conspiracy. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other episode. But yeah. <laughs> so, it, it just, so I guess watching it's really sobering and uh, just seeing this guy in, in I mean, he, he, 26 years old, he's in his prime. Mm. I mean, yeah. he's, at, he's, he's at his peak creativity and he's, I mean, 
he's been he, at this at this moment in his life. I think he's been he's been at the music scene for a while. I think he came in yeah. pretty young, huh? Yeah, um, I think so. I, I I think I think I think he came in like sixteen or eighteen. Um, so so he's been at it for a while, and and you can tell that. I mean, he's not phased, and he's just experimenting with new things, and it's just it's 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 a great show, man. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I think one thing about these tiny desk performances is, like you said, they're really stripped down, so you kind of mm. you're forced to see the the raw talent of some of these performers where you're just like, Definitely. there's nowhere for you to hide. There's nowhere mm. for you to like hide mm. behind dancing or screens or anything like that. It's just you in this desk. Yeah. In a there's really, no, there's no lighting in I a mean, mic. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. In a microphone yeah. that picks up everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, there's Definitely. not going to be any editing here. So have you seen any yeah. other of the tiny desk performances? Because Kind of like touching on that, one of my favorite ones, and it was the most popular one, I think right now it's like the fourth or fifth most popular one, was the T-Pain Tiny Desk concert. Did you watch that oh, one? Oh, no. No, I didn't see I saw Chances, and I saw a couple others, but no, I haven't seen that. So that one's really that. cool because T-Pain goes on, and you know, T-Pain is super famous for making autotune popular yeah. and that whole... Uh, crunk genre scene. and stuff like that yeah so he goes on there and it's just him and a piano wow and when it's when he starts singing he's just like i i know you're asking yourself where's the auto-tune and, wow. he, and he goes i have it i have it right here in my pocket <laughs> and he just makes a joke <laughs> about that but he just he starts singing buy you a drink which was his his first big yeah. hit right i'm gonna buy you a drink but there's no auto-tune and he sounds like the best gospel singer you've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> it's amazing dude and ever and i was just like i find myself i would find myself coming back and back and back to just hear that version yeah. of buy you a drink over and over and you yeah. just get the feeling like he didn't he never needed auto-tune he was wow. only using it as a stylistic element but wow. removed from it the dude is just insanely talented he's so good and that set is really really good yeah that, that that's the deal about the tiny desk like you said you know it's just you're stripped away so just like uh, and I, I mean i don't know i don't know if like the, i don't know if all the artists that are on there all the performers have been asked to, to be on there or if there's a lot that say like no i don't want to be in that setting you know it could be kind <laughs> of i mean i i, I bet you got something of that there um but it's just it's just just the intimate setting you know it it, I don't I don't know if this is the right word for it, but just the the intimacy of it and the just the feel it communicates. Um, I, yeah. I just see I mean I see something really spiritual about it, you know, for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where it's like just just the music, the, you can you can you can see it art in its pure form, and and that's oh, that's always mm. spiritual, you know, when art comes across. Yeah. Yeah, that's spiritual 100 percent. so it just captivates all the senses and that, that's what that that's what that said i think that's why i keep coming back to that set because like there's something there there's a connection um yeah it's, it's weird because i'm never a huge fan of mac miller or whatever but it's just <laughs> it's just when you see a good performance and you see it raw and real it's just mesmerizing yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's totally the same thing happens to me where if i see something like a really good musical performance i'll cry for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? The last yeah. time it really happened to me was uh, last year. We went to New Orleans and mm. we were like along the street, just walking, whatever. And we got to this corner where there was some like made up barricades, like straight up, just somebody just grabbed like some sheet metal and made a barricade and put it there. And there was this small band playing. It was a clarinet, yeah. a tuba 
an electric guitar with like a crappy <laughs> little speaker and a yeah. half of a drum set, right? Gee. And uh, this older, like really chunky black lady was playing the clarinet, but she mm. was playing it so well. Ale and mm. I just stopped for like, I was like, eh, let's stop for a song. Mm. And we were literally standing there for 30 minutes, just listening to her song no after way. song after song. And she had this thing where like she played this one song and I started crying like wow. right there in the, in the middle of the street. It's like 90 degrees and humid and I'm crying. And then like a FedEx truck. Yeah, a FedEx truck drove by. <laughs> like we had to move out of the street to get the FedEx truck to go by. And uh, I forgot her name. But afterwards, I like started Googling like clarinet player New Orleans. Like I was trying to find her online. And she's like this very accomplished musician that has played for presidents and no she's played way. at like Carnegie Hall and stuff like that and she was just what? there on the corner yeah so it's, wow. it's I totally get that where it's just when you see someone do mm. something musically really well oh, it's yeah. totally captivating it's totally yeah. and it, it's independent of the setting it's independent of the genre mm. and that's one thing that that these tiny desk concerts really do really well at showcasing yeah, man, they, they they do it they do it so so well. Um, and I for for me that connection that that's crazy that that's crazy story crying in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure she had experienced that before. Have other people yeah. um, doing that, but that that's what music does, you yeah. know. It just it just uh-huh. it bypasses, you know, it bypasses the mind. It bypasses like even the the the, the heat you were experiencing the 90 degree heat and humidity it just bypasses it when 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 you're exposed to something real and raw like that um it just bypasses your senses and and just hits straight that's that's what that's that's why the word the only word i can think about is it's spiritual you know and um it's it's really good i mean and and the song he picks the the three song set um it it has kind of like this this flow to it of um of peaks and valleys you know in his own life you can kind Mm. of tell you can you can feel like the hurt, and and, mm. and then you can feel like the hope, and and it's just got this great mixture. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's 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 like, so if, if if you have if somebody hasn't listened to it, um, I would say you got to watch it. It's one of the things you got to watch first. Um, yeah, just, definitely. Just experience the video, yeah, because uh-huh. you can get just the audio, but it's one of those things you got to watch. And with headphones, don't don't do it on your yes. phone speaker or your TV speaker. You gotta put on headphones because it just yeah, don't that baseline. It. The baselines are so good, and that's it. Yeah, don't ruin it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, so yeah. You much. should you should also watch the that T Pain one. Or the there's a uh, Natalia Lafourcade. She's got uh-huh. like the sweetest voice. She has a tiny desk. Mm. And there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of them, but. Yeah, how long good. has that been going on, Tiny Desk? It's, it's been. I, I think it's since like 2014 or maybe a little before that. Yeah, because Café Tacuba's on there, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like Juanes is on there. Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite. Oh, you know who's on there? Yo Yo Ma, you know that Chinese cello mm-hmm. player? Yeah. And he's also really good to listen to. That's one of the ones that I just listen to in the background, like with headphones on. Mm. But. I've been listening to Yo Yo Ma since like seventh grade, dude. I just listen to the same song. Over <laughs> it's amazing, and and they all yeah. look so cool. Also, I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that that's a band, you know. When you're watching the, this set, it's like, yeah, it's a cool band. I would like to hang out with that if, band. If you could have one band perform for you like that in your house, which band would it be? 
or which or it doesn't have to be in your house maybe in the tiny desk because you kind of want to keep that cool setting i think that yeah. setting is a lot cooler than my house but which band would you have next in that setting dude i i've, I've been so into um so, so podcast spotify does that what's the most you, at the end of the decade you know they did that whole thing like what's your most oh, listened yeah. to yeah, I hated seeing everybody's uh, uploading those, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I obviously went to go check mine. Yeah, and uh, for some reason, um, the the one I keep going back to, uh, the, the band that I keep going back to is Sugar Rose. Oh, I don't think I've heard of them. Uh, they're uh, I, I I mean they're they're not together anymore, but it's in I think they're more like Iceland or something like that. It's just this trio. Okay. And they they do they do a lot of uh it's it's just it's the voice and the and the different instrumentation they use, Sugar mm. Rose I think that's the way the way you say it I it's not how you spell it Oh yeah Cigar I think Rose, I know Cigar Rose, yes Cigar Rose. I always say Cigar Cigar Rose Cigar Rose, <laughs> Cigar Rose yeah guys. I don't know if that's the right way but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, now I know who you're talking about yeah and that that would be so I mean because that that's a trio honestly I mean the the, the band the core band there's only three of them. And yeah. um, I mean, obviously they they bring in strings and whatever, but uh, their yeah. their music for me is 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 a hundred percent spiritual, and um, mm. it just it just creates a tone and a setting. It it creates an atmosphere wherever that music's being played. Um, it right. just it just creates. And I think it was in in in, in uh, also in the soundtrack they used it really well. Uh, what's that movie called? Remember, uh, 20, 20, 26 hours, twenty twenty eight hours. 27 and a half is it that one? 27 and a half hours there you go yeah, yeah. so it has it has that great scene when they finally get them pick them up or whatever rescue them and that, that right. whole soundtrack there is one of their songs and um they just set an atmosphere and a tone with their music so i think that would be a really cool setting for them yeah yeah, that, yeah. i can see that that'd be really cool uh, you know for me the the band that i've been listening to a lot recently and i i really didn't want to like them um, <laughs> is lucas nelson you know willie nelson he has a son yeah and yeah. his name is lucas nelson and his band is called uh oh man lucas nelson and the suspension of the real or what was it called lucas they have nelson. a really hipster name and okay. the promise of the real and the pro so, oh man yeah yeah so lucas lucas nelson looks like the type of dude that i dislike immediately <laughs> You know, he's he's handsome, he's got long hair, he's got a nice beard, he's got a big hat, he's got cool kind of clothes on. Swag. He's like yeah. Yeah, like country hipster, uh -huh. probably drinks kombucha, that kind of guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw an article with him on the a magazine with him on the cover that said, I'm Willie Nelson's son. And that's all the cover said. And I remember in my mind, no I got the magazine cover and I was like, who cares? <laughs> I was just like, immediately, I immediately disliked him. Then yeah, I heard yeah, his yeah. music. I heard his really? music. And I, th yeah, I think the one, because I was telling everyone, like, Did, have you heard about this guy? He looks so lame, whatever. And I think good old Cesar Varillas told me, he's actually really good, dude. I think really? he told me that. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I checked out his album. Uh, okay. He has an album called Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. Okay. Which the oh, title right away is just like, okay. Oh, that's bro, a good yeah. You, you got me there. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah. But then I heard the music and immediately I was like, oh, man, they're so good. <laughs> I oh. really didn't want to like them, but they're so good. <laughs> so would that, would, would that be the album to go to check them out? 
Yeah, yeah. There's a song yeah. on there called, well, there's that Turn Off the News and Build a Garden, but there's one called Civilized Hell that I mm. really, really like. Oof. And it's wow. just like, oh, yeah, he's, it's it's another one of those things where the first time I heard him, that album, I just listened to it straight. Mm. Like, I just didn't skip any tracks or anything like that. And at the end of it, I was just like, oh, man, I am such a douche because I hated this guy <laughs> without, without even knowing him, without even knowing the impact that he would have on my life. And now it's just like I've been listening to him. He has another one that he just like during this whole uh, quarantine thing, he released okay. an album and he has another one, uh, another oh, yeah, like I'm, song. I'm naked Garden. I'm looking at it right now. Na- <laughs> yeah. Naked Garden. There's one on there called Focus on the Music. Mm. which is just like settling me whenever i have whenever i'm like torp, like in a down spiral i put that song on <laughs> that's just like, go-to. okay <laughs> go so to spiral song I, yeah they oh. would be amazing in like a tiny desk just because they, they have there's a lot of soul and there's a lot of like good songwriting and mm. just good flow mm-hmm. and everything and i'm just like oh man Oh, I really sounds... didn't want to like them, but I like them. <laughs> oh. oh man, that sounds so good. Thanks for the recommendation, man. Love it, Lucas yeah. Nelson. Yeah, who would have thought? I'm Willie yeah, Nelson's yeah, son. Yeah. Is is yeah? I'm Willie Nelson's son. Is that is that your pitch? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, who cares, dude? Build something on your <laughs> <Yeah>. own. <laughs> but he did, and he's he's really good. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Sounds really good. <laughs> All right, and then you also wanted to talk about the last best thing you ate, and you yes. kind of told me about this one before, and I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot of thoughts about this, man, but <laughs> why don't you go ahead and share? Uh, I, I don't know if you can keep along, man. I don't know if you can walk with me this this path, because it's, <laughs> um, it's amazing. So when I thought about what's the last best thing I've eaten, um, it was like one of those immediate responses. You know, you know I, I, I'm a foodie. So, Hmm. and, (laughs) and I travel a lot, you know, usually, I mean, pre quarantine days, uh, I'll I'll be traveling (laughs) once a week somewhere, uh, usually in Mexico and, uh, Mexico Hmm. has the best food, um, across the board. Um, I mean, I I don't know if you've ever had Peruvian food. Peruvian food is really good. Also, it's right. I've had Peruvian chicken, Peruvian, like Peruvian chicken and like a torta from some Peruvian restaurant, but. I wouldn't okay. say I've had enough to actually know. Yeah, know yeah. I, I, I spent like five days in Peru last year. And, um, Ooh, nice. oh, man. I mean, you know, we Mexicans, we're, we're hardcore about our food. Uh-huh. I mean, it's yeah. a religion. It's a religion. It has its own of, liturgies and ceremonies. Yes, <laughs> definitely. La sobremesa, you know. Uh-huh. Like, how do you even <laughs> translate that, you know? It's, nah, just, you it's just, you can't. So me- Mexican food is... is it's a. Uh, um, I I think they 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 picked it to be. Um, se llama un legado de a la humanidad. One of those things. Yeah. I don't know how you translate like cultural, that. Like human human cultural human heritage or something like that. Something like, like that. Gastronomy. Yeah. That that's right up there. So so I'm really hardcore. So so I'm a foodie plus Mexican food and and I live on the border. Um, mm. in, in, in Tijuana and San Diego and Tijuana's had this huge explosion of just, oh man, yeah. oh, man. it's just the, 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 the gastronomy there. It's just, it's, it's had, a, it's a huge boom and, yeah. and they're, they're just doing a lot of mixes of different, uh, recipes and different styles of food. And it's just very experimental and tasty 
And, um, mm. I mean, you can get, there's even really good vegan food, um, in Tijuana. So that's saying <laughs> a lot, man, you know, coming yeah. from me. Um, <laughs> so, when, when, so, so, so I travel, so, so I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of good food and, um, I was in Chihuahua, you know, in, in, okay. in the capital, in the capital of Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. this buddy went, he invited us to eat and he said, let's go to the great American steakhouse. I'm like, okay, mm. that's the name of it. Sounds cool. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 fancy, but it's a steakhouse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you can get fancy, but you're, it's still a steakhouse where the, the table's gonna end up all dirty, and and you know yeah. you're just gonna you're just gonna be using napkins. So it's a steakhouse, yeah. fancy, but it's a steakhouse. <laughs> you're it's gonna have you're gonna have greasy lips at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, as fancy as you can get for a steakhouse. And so we sit down, and the guy's like, "Okay, look, always when I go with somebody who's excited about the restaurant we're going to, I always say, why don't you order? You know, because like, what do you know? Or what do you oh. recommend? And he's, yeah. that, that, I, I like to do that. And he's like, okay, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to get some appetizers, and then everybody can pick out their own uh, their own steak or whatever. So okay. the first thing he asks for is cauliflower. And um, so we're at a steakhouse. <laughs> And he's ordering uh, an appetizer of cauliflower. I'm like, dude, we're at a steakhouse. The last <laughs> thing I would ever think of getting at a steakhouse is cauliflower. I'm like, dude, honestly, yeah. who does that? Who gets cauliflower <laughs> at a steakhouse? You know. So, and, and he said, yeah. I had I had the same objection when I came, but you gotta taste this cauliflower. And okay. so I was like, okay, um, all yeah. right, I'll give, I'll give it a shot. Like, bring it, whatever. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, we also got tuetano, which is, how, how do you say tuetano? Oh yeah. Bone marrow. Bone marrow. We also had tuetano. So yeah. I was like, I- I'm going to go into the bone marrow fo- first and then we'll <laughs> figure out about the cauliflower. Um, yeah. so then, uh, th- then I tried some of the cauliflower and, uh, it's an experience. It's <laughs> honestly, it's like, <laughs> what the heck is, what is going on with this cauliflower? <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's just amazing. So the way they do it, the way, the way they prepare the, the, the cauliflower, it's, it's asado uh-huh. in charcoal, you know, al carbón. Okay. Okay. First, first they do that, and then I think they dip it, but they like drench it in a special secret sauce. Um, and I, I was looking at, I was looking at the menu, trying to find it online somewhere, just to figure out if they say what the sauce has. They just says yeah. it's a, they, they just meant this is what they mentioned. Um, it has black sauce, which is what is used for seafood a lot in Mexico, and la salsa negra. Uh-huh. It has black uh-huh. sauce, and it has an alo- uh, aioli sauce with a chile serrano. Yeah. sauce with a chile serrano tang. That's the description mm. they give, and it's just like drenched in that. It's dipping in that, and and then they bring <laughs> extra sauce of that, and and it's just this big, this huge piece of. Um, cauliflower and you and you just you, you cut it up and and you cut it up in like it looks like a cake when they bring it to you you cut it up and slice it mm. up and um just the texture is amazing. so that that place has has really amazing steaks and meat but the only thing i remember is the cauliflower <laughs> is that so they don't give you like the the cauliflower flower like the you know the like the little tree looking thing they, they it's like presented in a different way, like it's chopped up hot cauliflower or ground up cauliflower. It's it, not it, like it, the little tree thing. It, it looks like the tree, but it's really compressed. Um, okay, okay. So, okay. so, so it, they, 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 they make it, uh, they make it round, and um, okay. 
it, so it looked kind of like a like a cake, but yeah, it's really really compressed, uh, and and okay. and then it, it starts opening up as you as you dip it as you dip the sauce on top of it. So the guy uh, comes in and he'll he'll throw the sauce on top of it, starts opening up, and then you can like chop it up, and um, mm. and just throw more of that sauce on there. It's just yeah, it's, man, just the, the texture and <laughs> and like no, none of the ingredients are like overpowering, so you can't really mm. tell what's in the sauce. Now that, mm. that I read it, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see the chile serrano um, yeah. and the black. So but... be honest, though. Can you taste the cauliflower? Or is it? Or, or is so this, that, this so really just? So that was just... my pushback. So that was my pushback. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a cauliflower fan, fan you know, um, yeah. at all. Um, my, my wife did, when, when we when we did our stint of keto, she did a cauliflower, like, like which would be pizza or whatever pizza or mashed potatoes or yeah, rice. Oh, I think it is yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not a fan. Never had. Yeah. I've never had yeah. a good experience of cauliflower. I've never once woken yeah. up and said, I want cauliflower today. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's never been on my mind. Cauliflower has yeah. never been on my mind. And then at a steakhouse, I mean, so, <laughs> so honestly, and, you, 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 what, what you get from the cauliflower is the texture, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give cauliflower texture. You know, I'll give them that. Um, yeah. And, but just drenched and just dipping, it's just this <laughs> deluge of the sauce on it. That yeah. It's just, yeah, man, it's like you can't beat it. Honestly. See? Honestly, you can't beat and it. And you, you touched on my exactly what my problem is with cauliflower. Cauliflower is one of these foods that has become a magical substitute, in quotations, for yeah. something that is much better. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, cauliflower man. is cauliflower. It's not flour. It's not, you can't make pizza with it. It's Please not stop. rice. Don't tell me it's rice. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my big yeah. problem with it. That's the yeah. same reason why I hate zucchini too. Like yes. there's no such thing as zucchini noodles. You're, you're like slicing zucchini and presenting <laughs> it in a different spaghetti. way. Yeah. Yeah. Same, no, same. that one, one time Ale made zucchini. Like she said, I made spaghetti. And I was like, sweet. And I got home and then she served me. Like, I didn't even look. I just yeah. ate and I immediately tasted the zucchini. And I recoiled like is that, <laughs> if, like if I had been shocked in the mouth. <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah, and she got really angry and everything. But I was just like, no, 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 this is not spaghetti. Don't call this spaghetti. Please. Just like, and don't it, call cauliflower rice rice. It's please, That's my problem no. with it. Yeah, like, and, and it's so hard to make. A substitute. I mean, it's so hard to make. <laughs> like the zucchini, the zucchini spaghetti, whatever, is so hard to make, and it's yeah. like it's not, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it. No. Um, but it's yeah. So it's it's one of those things that uh. So so I was uh. I called today. I called the guy who took me to the restaurant, and um, <laughs> I was like, dude, talk to me about that cauliflower. And we just I don't know. We talked like <laughs> half an hour about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, 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 and this is my, he asked me this question. Hey, so if you had to go back and, um, you could only order one thing, would you go for the steak or would you go for the cauliflower? I'm like cauliflower all day long. It's one of those. <laughs> um, if I could only ask for one thing at that place, I would get that because you can get, uh, th this was my, uh, deduction that I landed on this. You can get good meat anywhere, but I've never had yeah. this anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just one of those yeah. things But I was like, yeah, like what? idiot gets cauliflower at a steakhouse and um mm. and that's me <laughs> and it's amazing <laughs> no see i'm okay with it now because to me it seems like okay you smoke anything it's gonna be good and this seems like it was like char grilled and you can taste yes. the smokiness of it or something yes. 
And if it's really just used as a conduit for the really good sauce, yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically what it is. And and, yeah, and throw yeah. in and throw in the awesome cauliflower texture. So it it, yeah. it, it, it nails texture and 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 taste. And yeah, mm. it's got it's it's the whole it's the whole package, man. It's it yeah. should be its own food group. This is an amazing, <laughs> amazing dish. <laughs> yeah. But I, it also touches touches on another thing. So I think any steakhouse or any barbecue joint or anything that is more famous for its sides than for mm. its meat isn't mm. a good meat place. Mm, okay. Okay. That's my but, that's my take. Dude, this is amazing meat. Honestly. <laughs> I mean they got great meat, they got great wine, yeah. they they have uh great French fries, you know, steak fries that are really solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. so that, that that makes this cauliflower even more special. When, I, okay. When it's when it's all across good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm, I like the okay. bone marrow was amazing. The tortillas they bring, the bread they bring before the steak, you know, just the bread to, to chew on. Um, they yeah. do their own butter with a combination of Ooh. cinnamon and chipotle. Oh, um, nice. So, 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 I mean, they're nailing it on every end. Like they really, they really put thought into it. So this is what's weird. Uh, I don't know where this restaurant's from. I think it's from Texas. I, I'm not sure, um, <laughs> but I I, I I looked up on the website. I think it's El Paso based, yeah. right? I think it's from El Paso. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I so I lived in El Paso. Um, uh, that's where that's where we met. So I I lived there a few years. Yeah. And never went um, <laughs> to the Great American Steakhouse. It's been in Chihuahua two yeah. years, uh, and, and mm. I went there. But I got I got on the menu. And they don't have the cauliflower in the El Paso restaurant. No, no, they don't. What you described, what you described as a Chihuahua restaurant, is way different than the El Paso restaurants. Like the El Paso restaurants, okay. it's famous because you have like a nine dollar special sirloin. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, no, it's not it. Yeah, and like but the Yarbrough location has like same. a steak burger, same logo yeah, and everything, it is the right? Same because I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, but it is the same because I looked it up. On the website, and it gave me the option for Chihuahua. It gave me the option for El Paso. I think Juarez. Yeah, and I'm not, yeah. I'm there's not sure one in Juarez else. too. There's one in Juarez mm. in Misiones, which is really fancy. But again, I'm like, mm -hmm. I go in there and I'm like, this is not Great American. Like, where's the yeah, yeah, the thick pleather <laughs> uh, manteles? <laughs> it's so weird. That, I that, think that, there's also you know, Mexico does that. Mexico does that. Like, we'll take a Starbucks and. Mm take it to a whole other level where you have to dress up to go to the Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? That That's what Mexico does. Uh, the yeah. city I grew up in is Hermosillo, Sonora. And we mm. had this world famous. We had the largest Carl's Jr. in the world. Uh. <laughs> and, and it was like, you're going to go to spend the whole afternoon at Carl's Jr. You know, it's, it was one of those things they set up. Yeah. So I don't know. Me Mexico does that. <laughs> no, I'm glad yeah. they do, man. No, in Juarez, I think like Applebee's is legit in Juarez. Yeah, yeah it's like a you date don't get the night. two for yeah. twenty. Yeah, it's a date <laughs> night thing where you see people and you're like, dang, they're dressed up to go to Applebee's. Yeah. But then you walk in and it's way different. Yeah, yeah, I love there, Mexico. There's no, there's no two for twenties in Applebee's in Juarez. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. You can eat wings. Not at all. But, but yeah, for be a great restaurant it has to have great sides. Um, mm. I mean the full package, you know, like, like, yeah. like taquerias, taco, taco shops in Mexico. You can, oh. you can distinguish 
which are the really good ones based on the variety of sauces they have to offer. Yeah. That, that's yeah, when you know, okay, salsa is, the, the, that, that's what it's about. So that's when you can tell, okay, these guys really care. You know, they're going the extra mile to, to bring mm. really good salsas. And um, mm. and I, I think that they nailed it there at the Great American Steakhouse. Man, I want I want some. I want to. I, so I <laughs> called him and told him. I, I called the guy up and says, he says, yeah, he, they're open. And after this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to hang up and I'm going to I'm going to get some <laughs> delivered because they're delivering now um, oh, yeah. because of the quarantine. No, yeah, that <laughs> that's really cool. And I, I, I'm with you. I the whole like the sides have to be good, but to me the strong dish has to be like if it's a burger place, the burger has to be the best. If it's a, yes. a wing place, the wings have to yeah. be the best. If it's a sushi yeah. place, don't tell me about the fried rice. I want to taste <laughs> the sushi. <laughs> Just yeah. like that's that's ultimately what I go what I go with because I mean there's there's a place here it's like a burger place and they're mm-hmm. like the best thing there is a bologna sandwich. And I'm like, okay, then <laughs> call it a bologna sandwich place. Right? <laughs> Don't get yeah, me wrong. I love bologna, problem. but if I'm going to yeah. go to a burger place, I hope that Definitely. you would focus the most on the burger uh, more so than anything. I'm surprised that I could follow you there because I was scared that you were going to tell me that you had like a broccoli pizza and that it changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> you're never eating dough again because of this broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at that point. But if I could have this cauliflower every day, I would, basically. <laughs> what is, what's the, like, I kind of want to go back because you mentioned Tijuana and I've only been mm-hmm. to Tijuana once and I spent mm-hmm. probably like two days there and I ate a lot and it was all very good. But what's the yeah. last best thing you've eaten in Tijuana? And I know I'm kind of putting you in the spot. Oh man, Tijuana. Um, Tijuana has, let me think about that real quick. Cause they have so much <laughs> variety and honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, since I've been, um, since I've been living in San Diego, every time mm. I do cross, um, and, and it's, it's time for a meal, I'll usually go to tacos, you know, that's like, okay, oh, since yeah. I'm not living here and I'm only going to have two or three meals a week here, I'm going to have tacos for sure. Yeah. So that's always my, my, my go-to you know, for that. Mm. Um, but I had a, a really amazing, um, octopus. I don't know if you like octopus. Ooh. Oh yeah. I love but, octopus. Yeah. Just, just, um, charbroiled also al carbon, uh, charcoal mm. based octopus just where, where it's seared and, and you can, it's still smoky. And, and I think, I think they even throw it straight into the charcoal for a while, uh, before oh, wow. putting it on top. And um, so you, you get you get really burnt edges and just the texture nice. of, of the of the uh, of the octopus itself. And they, they this place they don't really have a sauce for it, so they, mm. I think they just, they just use like a little bit of salt and that's it. Which is how the way oh. I do meat. The way I do meat is you yeah, just yeah, put yeah. salt on it, nothing else. Don't marinate. Mm. Don't don't ruin it. Um, so that's what they did with this octopus and 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 they they don't even cut it up for you. They just throw it on top like that and. I think oh, that's, wow. that's one of the best things I've, I've eaten recently um, in Tijuana. Oh, wow. there's, there's always every, I mean, all the time everybody's some, always talking about a, a new best thing. We have uh, a torta of chilaquiles, if you can imagine. So that's oh, that's what I, think Tijuana I heard is. about that in Mexico City, but okay. I, there's one in, in Tijuana too. Yeah, I, I, well, they, they say it was or, originated here, um, oh, but okay. it's just it's just really good bread. 
and and mm. and the chilaquiles are still crunchy and um mm. a lot of cheese and just the green sauce and oh, yeah man. so so th- that's what i love really experimenting with a lot of things um yeah and 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 tacos of course um did, did you see that, that that netflix show on tacos taco chronicles taco chronicles so there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of places of, of in Tijuana um, that are showcased yeah. there, and so yeah, yeah. So we, we have we have huge variety of tacos, which is amazing. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I had some every day that I was there twice a day, right. like multiple times a day, yeah. and they were all very very good. Did you get any any seafood? Mm, you know, no. We were gonna stop oh, in what's the what's the spot between Tijuana and Ensenada. We were going to stop somewhere there to like okay. eat, but the place was so full and okay. that I was just like, hey, hey, what if we la, just go back to Tijuana Puerto and Puerto Nuevo or Rosarito? <laughs> I think it was Puerto Nuevo. Okay. Puerto we were going to stop the, there. The lobster. That's the specialty. Yeah. There. The lobster, lobster with like beans or something just like that. Beans, right? bro. It's just, it's just tortilla, <laughs> beans and lobster. But it's yeah, amazing. That's, that's what we were going to have. But there was like oh. so many people that I was just like, hey, what if we just go back to Tijuana and have tacos? And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Puerto Nuevo was amazing, and, and the lobster there. It's a cool story because it started. It's just a fishing town, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and it, so the men would go out to fish, and and there was a, somebody's wife just started packing packing burritos for him, and she would just mm-hmm. take a tortilla, lobster, and put beans in it, and there you go, <laughs> and they they just became the, the guy started selling them at work, and they just started business, and they, it just took off. Now there's like I don't know, like fifty restaurants who sell the same thing. Um, but you wow. got to go to the original um, yeah. there. It's, it's one of those things. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, the only thing I don't like is that it's always just full of gringos, you know? It's just all Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Todos yeah, gavachos. Yeah. Los gavas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, all, no, it's yeah. solid food, man. It's solid food. Dude, you know, the, the whole Chilaquiles talk reminded me. One of the things that last year in 2019 from January to the end of March, every Saturday, I would go to one place to eat chilaquiles every no Saturday way. morning because they were so good. They were the Ugh. best chilaquiles I've ever had. And the weird thing about it was that the place was super white. <laughs> it was like insanely white. <laughs> I was every sense. time I would walk, every time I would walk in there, I was the only brown person <laughs> in there. So like when I the first time I went, I saw the chilaquiles on the menu and I was just feeling playful and I was like, ah, let's try them. And then I literally would go back every Saturday to eat them oh. until one Saturday they closed. What the heck? Why? It you just the closed. Customer. They ran out of money or something. Oh. Yeah. Like they changed the they used to have waitresses and waiters, you know, and mm. then at some point they changed to just have like a buffet style. Where you would get a tray and order, so it's like okay, yeah. obviously they don't want to pay waiters anymore. And yeah. then one Saturday, they just there was a sign on the on the door that said we're closed until further notice. And I literally like, because I I wake up really early, even yeah. on Saturdays, or I would when I had a routine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right I now, would we... I would wake up at like seven a.m. on Saturday, mm. and Ale was Insane. still asleep. So I would go get breakfast by myself, on, and then come yeah. back, and she was still asleep. So. <laughs> When they closed, I like called until she woke up because I was just sitting down in my car being like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you get the green sauce or red sauce? No, they only had green there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You always yeah, got to go with I was the just green. like, 
Oh, is they he? only made one style. So ever yeah. since then, I've been on the search for other chilaquiles that are as good. I've oh, literally man. gone to probably like 20 places. I found oh. one that is pretty, pretty close, pretty good. But it's it's like super traditional Mexican. It's good. It's different. Mm. It's, it's not as good, but it's almost there. But, dude, I found out why they closed that place. I found who the original chef of the place was <laughs> that came up with the menu. I stalked her on Instagram and Twitter and requested her and she turned me down. I re-requested no. her and she turned me down. So I'm like, oh. I have a Google alert on her name <laughs> <laughs> to see where she's going to open a new restaurant. I'm, I'm obsessed with those things. Dude. I need man. to eat them again. I just, oh, man. It's, you, can't it's be, you can't be good. She like you. You can't be. I, like, anytime I'll go to a restaurant breakfast, good Mexican restaurant. I'll look at the whole menu mm. and I'll always land on chilaquiles, you know, <laughs> yeah. you go over the whole thing and you always land on chilaquiles, but good, yeah, good chilaquiles sure. need to be crunchy to the end, need to have yeah. a mean sauce, good cheese. And I always get them with egg. I never, I never do the chicken. Um, no, always do I, eggs too. Always do eggs, baby. Yeah. yeah. My man. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> but you got to come, you got to come down to TJ to get a uh, good chilaquiles, get your chilaquiles yeah. fixed, Rod. Yeah, hopefully once this all passes, uh, we can fly again, and I'll head down there. Heck yeah. Deal. (laughs) All right, man. Well, it was really fun talking to you about all of these things, from uh, the basketball and other things, to Better Call Saul, to Mac Miller's Tiny Desk performance, and finally, the best cauliflower in the world. Uh, Thanks for talking with me. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners or anything about? Any any last words? That was fun, and just Mexican food is the best. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Mexican food is the best. All right, well, thanks, Esteban. All right, thank you, Red. The Last Best Thing is produced, recorded, and edited by me, Rodrigo Nunez. I want to thank Esteban once again for joining me on today's episode. You can find him on Twitter at Esteban Grasman, all one word, and Grasman is spelled G-R-A-S-M-A-N. His church is called Ancla. You can find them on YouTube also. Just look for Iglesia Ancla. And his podcast is called Conversaciones Descalzas. It's a really good podcast. Uh, He's a very interesting dude. Um, Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and share with a friend. Thanks, and we'll see you guys next time. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.